0: The community revolted because their community said, well, people game pre and there's going to be 10 million entries for pre and it's going to be all bots. So it's been a fun, funny week to like just respond to some of these like claims. Hello, everyone.
1: GM. Welcome to Curated, where we have wandering conversations with Web3 founders on topics such as NFTs,
2: DAOs, and metaverse. On today's show, we had Brendan from PreMint. Tyler, who's Brendan? Brendan created PreMint, which is the premier platform right now for NFT projects to create allowless, which cuts down on gas wars and bots and allows a fair drop overall. We spoke a lot about. Uh, the utility of nfts in their future and just the future of web3 in general especially when it comes to different software platforms amazing what were your thoughts by the way how did you like the episode a lot of insight i like how he has a lot of um, just data at his disposal to kind of keep improving and iterating on his product and just make the nft space more fair overall yeah
1: i love that like you know he's a web2 founder
2: who's like really good at building products and he's building web3 products i just love that and and he and really gets it he really spent the last year building and it helped him just understand everything and just make every the space better overall yeah i'm glad that we interviewed him because it really made me bullish on like you know him as a founder
1: and the project in general and and yeah uh, enjoy the episode guys uh, one thing i love about you brendan is i admire you as a founder everything you've been doing so far with like the loom videos with the constant update with the iterative loop you know, asking people for questions, what can we build and and whatnot. It's just been, it's been so amazing and like refreshing to watch in this space because you know what I mean? Everybody's like launching collections and it's like, it's just like, there is no, you know, we have this roadmap, we'll make a YouTube channel or whatever, like lo-fi bullshit, right? But there has not been like Mm -hmm. real founder entrepreneurship that I've seen so far. Um, One thing I want to ask you is what I really, I'm curious about is like, what is the value of the creator pass apart from just like, you know, what we're at right now? Like how do you envision it? Uh, the collector pass, sorry, moving, moving on. Like, how do you envision what would be the value for somebody holding that?
0: Yeah. I mean, I've thought about it from the beginning as, so I've, I've got 15 years in building software and typically with that, it's, you build a product that has value. Um, you charge people to use the product, and that's and then you use that to continue to improve the product, and it just goes on from there, right? I don't think a product is ever finished, and so um, it's been interesting to do this with the creator path. So with the, with Prement, I decided when thinking about the creator side of things, I'd do the same thing, but instead of charging a you know a fee to a credit card, I'd sell an NFT that unlocked the premium features, and so you know from the beginning i think i've messaged this pretty clearly like i think of it as that it will unlock software that is the, that is the main utility for it and because it's unlocking a product that, and software product that product will continue to improve in perpetuity is kind of the way that i think about it and so i think it was really important at the beginning to be really clear about what some of those those benefits would be because as people are making a purchase decision they need to know kind of what they're what they're buying and we spend so much time Focusing on making sure that that launch or the mint was um, done well, could be could support the traffic, was done legally, which is an entirely, <laughs> it is an enormous uh, undertaking to do a legal um, NFT drop right now. Uh, easy to do a drop for the most part, hard to do it legally. And um, we, I just wanted to make sure, like, even though some of these features wouldn't be available on day one, people would know, like, it's not like they haven't gotten been started, but all of them have been built. It's just polishing them up over the next month or so. Um, and so, yeah, so, you know, the initially the first couple months, it's it's all about, you know, giving people access to know what's on the platform, to know what access lists are, are out there, to be able to do, to figure out out of all the access lists, which ones A, are sort of trending in the in the right direction, B, they have access to, right? Because it's kind of pointless to know about a great access list if you need to own a CryptoPunk to, to even get on the list. And so that's sort of the the goal for me has been how to make it easy for you to know what you've signed up for and what you've won, what is out there to sign up for and what you qualify for. Those are sort of the main three big things. And you can imagine each of those buckets expanding in a bunch of different directions over the next few years. Um, But at the very, at the very beginning, it's making those three things easier.
2: When the project first came out, I think the thoughts I kind of had was, okay, there's 10,000 of these passes. It's not like every project is going to be like, oh, here's like, or allow listing x amount or or whatnot and i think especially over the the past couple days if it kind of became like more clear what exactly the use case is and how it's going to tie into these projects but i guess from your end like what is your pitch or incentive for some of these projects to collaborate with you
0: um you know that's like we're still figuring it out um one of the reasons i was a few minutes late to jump on here was because i was talking someone through that co- the concept there, because, you know, ultimately this the collector pass unlocks software. That is the primary utility. Like any NFT, uh, it's cool if we can offer our community like exclusive opportunities or, or just, you know, if someone else comes to us and says, hey, we'd love to give to your community a hundred allowless spots. Like, great, um, just like any other NFT. I mean, people don't have to talk to us to do that. They can just token gate it with our, to- with our contract. Um, so so that's kind of it's sort of organically happened done like if you look at sort of the pre-launch of this i never mention collaborations or any you know getting spots because that we have no control over that right it's the creators that have control over that and it's not really why i want people to be buying the pass um that said you know one thing then the issue that i've seen happen over the last couple of days and i don't know if you've seen i've talked about this on twitter a little bit is we have collectors who are super excited to get these spots and so you know, typically when I did the launch, I gave away uh, a large amount of our spots to collaboration communities. And, you know, I was given a hundred and I'd ask like cryptodes. They were like, I was like, how many spots do you want? They're like, how about 50? I'm thinking like, well, you have 10,000 cryptodes. That's, yeah, sure. You can have 50 spots. Right. I think like 200 people signed up. And so I was able to adjust some spots for communities that were super excited about it. But again, like 200 people signed up. We we just put some stuff in our dashboard and like 2,500 people are signing up for each of these opportunities. <laughs> and so when you have 100 spots for 2,500 people, it kind of sucks. Um, and so I we have been saying to communities, like, if you're really wanting to, like, offer this up to our community, like, we would love you to offer a meaningful amount up. Someone the other day pitched a a collab that was... It was a raffle to win a free thing, but it was they had one free thing they were giving away, and I was like, "This doesn't feel right to me." Because if you look at their campaign, they require people to follow them on Twitter and join their Discord. And I was like, "I have to be really careful that my community doesn't feel like this is just like people farming Twitter followers from us, right?" It sucks if if it's like twenty five hundred people sign up for one spot. So that means you're getting twenty four hundred ninety nine people who don't get anything but have to give you like Twitter follow and all. Yeah. So it, it's you know we're, I think we're like. I think I launched the exclusive dashboard on Saturday, and I think it's Tuesday. So we're like four days into figuring this problem out. Um, so, do, but, the pro-
2: do the projects get added to that page automatically, or that's a manual process?
0: So, so I posted a blog post about this yesterday. Um, so, you, within Prement, there's a feature called Prement Collabs, and you can go in and you can say, "All right, for my list, I want to give 100 spots to this community." So, people do that. Shows up in our admin dashboard. Every partner, any contract owner has an admin dashboard for managing collabs, although we haven't really rolled it out fully, we're sort of guinea pigging it. But, um, so we see them all, and then we can just go through them. And it was like all overwhelming already. (laughs) So yesterday I added sort of internal admin features for a group of us to be able to evaluate these, like make notes, figure. So um, it doesn't get added to the page automatically, there's 100% a manual process. We're trying to still figure out what like, uh, I posted guidance yesterday to try to help people figure out like, you know, again, if if you throw one spot in, it's unlikely that we're going to be telling our community about that. A um, hundred spots is even really hard again. Cause I just, I don't want people to think like, Oh, this is just a good way of getting Twitter followers or whatever. Um, I don't know. what. So I asked the community last night uh, on Twitter, like, what's a good solution for this? Cause like, should it be like, if you get, if you win a spot, you don't, you sort of are a lower priority for another one, or do you put a priority on your registration where you say like, I really want this one. I don't care as much about this one. Like, cause clearly people are just going to register for all of them. Yeah. Um, I think there's some interesting, the community kind of was like, no, I'm, even though it's low chance of winning luck of the draw, definitely is the fair way to do this, which I support. Um, some people suggested like the longer you own a pass, the higher, the more, the better your chances are, which I don't really. I that's kind of what Kevin was doing with the whole nesting thing, right? Which is
1: kind of that in a sense, right? The longer that, you hold, the more benefits you get.
0: I think it's, I think there's something there. I just wouldn't say that that's the end all be all because Fair. then yeah. like, you know, think about in a year, it's like, why, you know, if someone wants to get rid of their pass for whatever reason, they want some liquidity and they just, they need some money and they want to sell their pass, which I totally am fine with. Um, and someone doesn't want to buy it because they're like, oh, well, I don't want to buy this because I'll be so far down the list that I'll never right. win anything. Right. And that means like that kind of sucks for my collectors, right? So I, I, I always try to just figure out like I don't want anyone to be hurt by any policies around this. And so um, I think it's – I, I can see doing like maybe some specials, right? Like right now I'm giving away um, two Moonbirds that are minting yep. this Saturday. I'm doing that just through a straight raffle. Maybe something special like that could be only targeted at like users that – own the pass on midday and haven't transferred it or sold it, right? There's some. There's. I think there's some things we could do.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: But I, I think the community was pretty clear in saying that, like, it should just be luck in the draw. Yeah, so, that makes sense. Anyway, long kind of windy answer because we're still <laughs> figuring it out, right? How
1: do you check for like like bots, right? Is it, people are creating fake Twitter accounts, right? Obviously, I don't know why, but I'm, I'm thinking there is something we can do here. Where how do we make sure it's real people? I mean, it's on chain. There is like you know we have this on chain activity, right?
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's a timely question because, uh, the moonbirds thing is a big deal this week and we've been doing a lot. And when they moved, it's been funny because everyone makes a bunch of assumptions, right? And so when moonbirds were for anyone who's listening who doesn't really know the, the very quick summary was a week ago, Vayner Sports did a big launch. It was so competitive that they're like $20 million was lost in trans- gas fees. And so the moonbirds, which is a big, um, project coming out of the proof collective and has a lot of hype, was going to do a Dutch auction, which, um, and they, they actually priced it, I think, high, figuring that a higher price would would help. The Dutch auction typically helps with gas fees or gas wars because, you know, demand increases, it goes down, but it is spread over a long period of time. Um, there seemed, it seemed like the top of the Dutch auction was where it was going to sell out, was the gut that they got. So they moved it over to, which means it would have been a giant gas war and everyone would have lost a bunch of money in, in transactions. So they moved their whole thing to Freeman. And they're doing a pre-mint raffle when they did that, the community revolted because their community said, well, people game pre-mint, and there's going to be 10 million entries for pre-mint, And it's going to be all bots. So it's been a fun, funny week to like just respond to some of these like claims. First of all, I post a live count of the number of entries on the pre-mint homepage at all times. I don't let know what it is today. It's under 3 million. Um, it's, it's gone up a lot in the last couple months, but like, People think literally think that these lists have millions of people sign up for them. Like the entirety of every single entry is 3 million. There's no list that's ever had more than like 70,000 entries. And that was a very unique thing. So like everyone just assumes that the bot problem is a big problem with Freemint. It's it's a problem like anywhere. I mean, bots will always try to win stuff. But um, anyway, so that's been fun to dispel. Uh, You know, we do have, we try to collect information as you come in. Um, all of which we disclose that we're collecting, uh, and then we give the information to the to commute the creator, and they do whatever they want to with it, right? And they process however they want to process it, right? They don't have to use our like randomizer or, or winner picker, and so a lot of these high profile projects will export the data and do kind of what some some of what you were talking about, like oh, let's look at the wallets, let's look at their activity, let's see mm-hmm. if they've moved funds back and forth like that. The point though is that the projects are doing this independently. Uh Um, Now, of course, as they do it, we're always curious to know what they're doing because it'd be nice if we could have some of that functionality within Premen. But it's always going to be like an up to the project type thing because I don't want the platform to ever make, have a stance of like, this is a bot, this isn't a bot. Just because I don't want to, I don't want the platform to to get that wrong, right? And then because it ends up being like the, the end collector is pissed at the project. So I'd rather be like, we'll give you ways to like, to do some of that stuff but it's up to you to figure out like a big example for for um for this week was like you had to have 2.5 in your wallet to register yeah everyone said do i need to keep it in there or can i move the 2.5 ETH somewhere else and and i was like i don't know talk to Moonbirds. like they're going to choose whether or not to check if you still have it in when they do the raffle right and then they subsequently uh, revealed that they aren't going to check so but like i don't know so to answer your question i think there's a lot of tools we can give the creators to debot and like figure some of the stuff out um, and let them kind of choose how they want to do it. it.
2: And I saw you posted something interesting last week um, in regards to people like saying it's going to be bottered or whatnot, where you were talking about how every layer of information you're collecting, whether it be they need to do their Twitter or Discord, there was like a drop off in the amount of entries or bots, so to speak. So do you have any... Uh, like data or insights that you can share. I just thought that was super interesting. That each layer of that of what you need to provide. Yeah,
0: I, I don't have any specific data around it. I, I'll say so. I did the premium Collector Pass launch a couple weeks ago, um, and I collected names for I think about three weeks prior to that. I think can't really remember. The it was when it I only uh, the only thing I was requiring was that you follow me on Twitter because I wanted people to be able to get information from me, um, and that you had. ETH in your wallet. And to really the reason I did that was I was curious to see what the market thought of that price. That was it.
1: Which is very interesting. I love that the validation before. Yeah, when I read that thread, I was like, that's pretty obvious, Uh, pretty awesome actually.
0: Yeah, yeah, so that was, so that worked. And I got a lot of signups. I mean, it was, they were streaming in. Then there was no reason, we have no Discord. I don't plan to have a Discord. But I did require that you at least just sign into Discord. You don't have to like be in a server or anything. And that slowed, I should probably do a graph on this at some point, yeah. that slowed the momentum yeah. a lot. Because it's just like, I think it's just a bigger pain in the ass with Discord. You have to have like a phone number, you have to like, it's easy to set up a million yeah. Twitter accounts. So I don't know what the drop off is, but I did recommend it to most people who want to sort of slow things down. It's like requiring Discord helps a lot. Um, obviously requiring, that if you require they're in your server, it's not particularly helpful because anyone can just join a server and then not cross the collab land or the me six or whatever barrier. You just have to like literally be sitting in the server, and the API says you're in the server. If you have to have a role in the server, that's a big drop off. Yeah. So I, I, um, I also think that
1: you know, like this is my one one man's opinion, but you know, I'm I'm a big believer in proof. Like I've been a a member, we, we as a company as well. And and so I told a lot of my friends to go go on, like you know, a lot of my like non crypto friends. So like you know, hey, get in. This is this is the Moonbirds is a good place to get in because it's like it's trusted founder blah 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 right and a lot of my friends uh like normal non-crypto friends they don't have a Twitter account and 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 a Discord account and I really thought after I'm like well if they create a brand new Twitter account or Discord account they probably will see first metamask 2.5 ETH right No Twitter, no transactions and no Discord. And I was like, I wonder, probably be better if there's an option to do LinkedIn or or Instagram or something as well for like to let the other people outside the community to get get in. Because if my assumption here, if a project is going to be checking for that and they look at that these new people are coming in, like you're basically stopping new people to come in the ecosystem at this point, in my opinion.
0: I think it's a hard problem and I don't have a good solution for it right now. Right. You know, like some people have said, do KYC. Why don't you do KYC? And and like if the irony is like most of the people who are in the space would hate that yep. and the people who are outside the space, well, first they don't even know what KYC is. It's just how they live their life. Right. They normally are told, you know, asked who they are. Um, I, I'm hoping, you know, I, I'm hoping over the next year or whatever, there's ways to, there's better ways to do this i totally agree though i mean and this was a huge conversation i mean helping the moonbirds yep. team sort of think through this a little bit and um you know they were like oh well if we look at people who it's you know it's they they started their twitter account the day they lo- they joined this clearly they're a new twitter person right don't and they have zero followers it's like well no may, maybe there's a lot of people who've used twitter for years and have zero followers because they don't care about followers or so I was like, it's actually the irony about Twitter accounts is probably the more sophisticated they look, the greater chance they're bots because the bots just bought them all from a bot farm, right? I would say actually, and this is not data-backed and there's nothing about PreMint that does, that suggests this or or gives this advice. So this is just a personal opinion. But like when I see a Twitter account that's like bingo, (laughs) 697447433. and they've got 10,000 followers and 50,000 tweets, like it looks like a super active Twitter account, but the name is just absolute nonsense. Those generally are, it's a better chance that that's like not a real person than like, you know, some someone's name with some underscores and zero followers, right? But but I I agree, like, I do think that there will, it's going to be hard to differentiate a bot versus who's creating a bunch of fake accounts with a legitimate person who is just getting into NFTs. And that sucks. I don't really know what to do about that yeah, um, currently, but I think that, um, so maybe it's a little rigid to be looking at stuff like that. You know, what's a really good way of looking at bots is like a thousand addresses that all just chain pass the 2.5 Moonbirds ETH. Oh, register, pass the ETH, register, pass the ETH, register, pass the ETH. That's probably a much better way of thinking. Like, it's probably not a real person.
1: I don't know why, but I really think that Instagram, for some reason, is a really interesting metric because I've not seen any friend or any normal person who doesn't have at least 100 followers on Instagram. It doesn't like kind of like a ratio that wise, like, or not have photos because like, it's just like a very social thing. I think that's a very interesting thing to look into in the future. Uh, Just an idea. I think so, because I've never seen like any normal, normal person not uh, you can very easily tell on Instagram if this person's a, like fake account or not fake account. Twitter is very hard yeah. because you're sharing a your thoughts not your images and your but with that being said though, it might hurt with the doxing and that kind of stuff but it's a whole different yeah. Era. Yeah. yeah.
0: Ultimately like what, what I want to do is make things just like up to the project on how they're, however they're going to do it. You know and I talk about like I talk about stuff with, with Moonbirds like there's I don't as far as I know, they haven't finalized anything about exactly how they're doing anything. For all I know, they might just use the raffle button in and Fremont and not export anything, and just you know, I've got no clue. So we'll have to look at what they do afterwards and what they reveal. But yep.
1: um, it'd be a great case study yeah. either way because these, you know, like you guys are—I'm sure, like you guys spend so much time thinking about it, especially after the whole winter sport thing. So I think it's a great case study to take and then, you know, iterate on it and make it better as time goes
0: by. But I think it would be a really awesome time to close that off. Like when you think think about the Vayner sports thing, the issue with Vayner sports, the biggest issue was that they, the gas war caused a lot of people to lose money unnecessarily in transaction fees, right? I I haven't, I really haven't been paying much attention, um, but, and I've talked to that team since their thing about how things could go better in the future with Freeman. But like um, the gas war was the problem. I don't think, and I this I could be wrong. I don't think that like people after the mint have evaluated all the wallets that bought banner sports passes and identified, well, 30% of them went to bots and that really sucks. I actually don't think anyone gives a shit about that. I mean, of course they care a little bit, but like most of the time, bots very quickly flip something and you end up paying a little bit more than mint, but it's not crazy. And it's because they bought so many of them that they can charge like 15% more than mint and still do really well. And that sucks. You have to pay 15% more, but like, I don't know. I, I just don't see it being. I don't see the actual ownership by bots being what everyone cares about. It's it's the gas war, and so no matter what, like pre mint solves the gas war problem, right? Nice. Or not pre Any allow list when you say only a subset of people can mint, you you literally get rid of the gas war. If you, as long as you say like you. I I tweeted about this, and this is what I think is the way you do it. You collect names, you choose the number of names that you have NFTs available, and you give them a reasonable amount of time to mint. So what we did is we said 36,000 people signed up for the collector pass, 10,000 addresses were put on the allow list. You have three hours to mint, and there was no gas war, there was no gas spike. People could just show up anytime in those three hours to get their pass. Then for the ones that were left over, because there's always going to be ones left over, have a subset list that can come up and like a wait list that will you know will claim the rest. And then if there if the wait list doesn't, you have a public. I think those three phases literally gets rid of the gas war. And so um like we had you know a slow three hours where we sold I can't remember how many seven thousand, and then we had two thousand left or something like that, and they sold in about five to ten minutes. And so that was like a mini gas war, but like. No one complained. I hadn't heard anyone complain, but they did sell really quickly. Um, and then it was over. I think that, so that's just my opinion on the whole thing. Like, I don't, I think that when you move to a a allow list, whether you're using pre or Google form, like you end up solving the gas war problem. And, uh, and that ultimately is like the biggest thing you can do to protect collectors
1: in this particular example let's talk about moonbridge again like you know when we know that there's going to be enough people like who want to buy multiple right people who have a lot of money so they're not really city bots people who've had good gains right like so if i mean you know like it's it's just one my assumption is that you know it's all it's going to go to at least call it like the cool cats doodles level like in that kind of right this is going to happen because just the 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 founder behind it, the narrative behind it, everything, right? So you can expect it to go from anywhere from seven point seven ETH to like twelve ETH in like a month's time. Like that's my that's like my assumption here, right? So anybody who's anybody who's been in the space for long and who's got a lot of money, they're probably trying to buy enough because they know that there's going to be enough market to flip this. Uh, um, so I feel like it's less about at least for me when I'm thinking about this, not even as so much about the bots, but I also think that a lot of people are going to buy multiple, and then anybody new trying to get in. Uh, Two point five is already pretty high price, but that four five e they get priced out, and then if this is their first big one, right? In that way, then if they get burned on this, that they, it just kind of kills them. You know, just kills their the market in that sense a little bit, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, this is probably an unpopular thing to say, but um, I don't disagree with anything you just said. I think the the problem one of the reasons that people think bots are a problem is because to mint whatever. Usually you go to a website and you click a mint button. Bots have already written scripts where they don't have to go to the website. They can just, and so they will literally beat the humans. They will get the, they will be able to mint faster than you will be able to, therefore they will win. Right. So with an allow list, you just sort of get, you, there still might be some bots that are on the allow list, but it, it takes that piece of it away. I don't know if you remember, you remember, in the fall trying to mint something on art blocks. But it was like, if you were a regular person, like your finger couldn't go fast. Like I was there at the beginning, click the button still lost and It was because bots, people had written scripts. So I think that is actually a big issue. Um, the, you know, getting like someone to, who wants to mint multiple, like, you know, you're still gonna only get one per wallet in a lot of these drops. So you're gonna have to switch wallets. You're gonna have to wait for transactions. If
1: you have the money, you can, you can get a bot to do that. We can have somebody to run the bot for
0: you, right? Yeah, and the, the thing I was going to say that was going to be unpopular or is probably unpopular is like maybe Moonbird shouldn't be your first foray into NFTs, right? Like it, it's like a little presumptuous to be like, oh, well, I've never even given a shit about this community and I expect to be able to buy the best one, you know, what people, are, people think if people think what you're just saying is true. I expect to buy one that's going to 5X without problem. Yeah. Right? Like as opposed to all these other people who have been actually giving a shit about this community and part of it for a long time. Like I don't think I, I would love to bring more people in, but uh, you know, I actually, maybe they shouldn't I actually start with. Do, do agree with you?
1: I think you know. I think it's, but I think the only reason I would say for even someone like me to go and recommend my friends to Moonbirds is because I, I, you know, when I'm recommending people any project, I'm scared because I don't want them to lose money, especially when they're getting in, right? So I'm like, mm-hmm. I want my my reputation is on the line, right? So I want to be 100 percent confident that they're not going to lose money, again, after one point, it's their decision, you know, obviously all that stuff. So that's probably why I think, at least for me as a friend, I would go and tell people about something like Moonbirds, because I'm, I'm pretty certain that you're not going to lose your money for that one, at least unless a bear market happens and all that shit, it's a whole different thing. But mm-hmm. that's right now in this climate. So that's probably the only reason. And I also think that this is, you know, it's like the dopamine hit. If they get that one winning hit, then they're like, Oh shit, I want to learn more. This is really cool. And and considering if they're doing it for the right reasons and not like just trying to make flip and make money, uh, which is a whole different conversation. But, but I think that's kind of probably why, but you are correct. I think 2.5 is a lot of money. And, and, and if they haven't done their homework and they're not in for the right reasons, then maybe even not the right. I agree with you on that.
0: Well, and the last thing I'll say on it is like, um, you know the, the assumption you're making is that the capital market has not priced this asset properly right because you're basically saying like they're going to sell for 2.5 but they're they're worth a lot more than that i have no clue right no one knows yep. but like it's it's showing how some of the way these mints work is very inefficient from a capital pers- like capital market perspective because it's like oh well wait if it's a sure thing then why the hell aren't they selling for what the the numbers that you were saying right like a normal market you can't you're not going to go to like best buy and get a tv that's instantly worth three times what you paid for it and so um so the dutch auction actually solves that uh, very well where you just say like it starts at 15 it's going to go down it starts at 40 it's going to go down um but uh that causes other problems so I, we're still so early in this yeah that, um and i totally agree with you a friend of mine just wrote and said hey i got was lucky enough to get a bonus for my job are there any nfts i should buy and i was like I don't want to talk about this. Like I don't, to be honest, I'm so busy. I'm not even really paying attention, but, um, but I'm like, I can't give people advice. I'm the worst investor ever. My, my, my crypto, uh, history. It's just like, I, I can totally tell you when to not buy because that's usually when I'm buying. And, uh, I can tell you when you shouldn't sell because that's usually when I sell.
1: Yeah. yeah, see, I'm, I'm not that. It's not that I'm, I'm okay with myself. It's my own money on the line. But I'm telling my friends, I'm super scared because I don't want to burn relationships. I don't want to be like they lose something and they trusted in me. And now all of a sudden, I don't want to be that guy. So I'm so careful with telling my friends about anything because I'm like, not that I don't want to. I, but at the same time, when your friend wins, it's just a good it's a good feeling. Like one of my buddies, mm-hmm. uh, we're having uh, Zeneca on the show on Thursday. And one of my buddies, he got in the Zeneca 333 club. And he's been in the space for a year. And he's been learning. And he hasn't, like, you know, he didn't get in good projects, but as soon as he had that one win from, like, I so he got it for 3.33 and then he's at 13, he's now. And I was just so happy for him. Like, you have been in space for eight months and you've been going hard at it. And finally, when you have that one win, and he's so excited now because now he's, like, going and telling everyone else about it. And, and that energy uh, really, like, kind of feeds off. Uh, but I, one thing I really like, by the way, which you just said right now. You know, there's so many things that are happening in this space as a founder. It's so cool because you get to work on these cool problems or figure this out. And, as and you know, if you're obviously an you know, entrepreneur, you're not a problem-solving person. It's so cool to, like, think about these challenges and solve them. I just find that very, very cool, personally.
0: Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun space to be in. It's um, uh, the, uh, You know, about a year ago or six months ago, I was definitely on the NFT collector side of, like, looking at projects, evaluating, trying to buy stuff, thinking about it as like, what's going to be popular, all that. God, it was a stressful thing to do. Um, it was fun, but, and I actually feel a little guilty because I got to know so many artists and so many great people who are on the creator side and then started working on actual products. And this is sort of my art. Everyone was like, Oh, are you going to really, I actually never thought I'd release an NFT. I was just like, Oh, this is, oh, I'm a collector. And then building stuff is kind of the way that I express myself. And so, um, but at the same time, I was joking with someone who was like, Hey, I saved you some mint slots for so and so. And I was like, I don't even, I'm not even paying attention to what the mint date is. Like, I'm so focused on everyone's prep work yeah. that I'm missing all the stuff. And I was like, Oh, there's only a tool that can remind me when stuff is minting in a really easy yeah. way, it's just the irony that I'm missing stuff is <laughs> not lost on me. Uh,
1: as investors, we love personally, like, we love investing in people, right? So, like, people who are founders who are great. Uh, great product builders and stuff like that. So that's probably why, like, we're so bullish on proof and whatnot. And even, like, we as a company, we bought, like, 20, 15 or 20 uh, premium passes because we were so bullish on uh, thing We were just so happy about it. Like, yes, let's, uh, another, a utility project, which is actually building stuff and not just another PFP, mm-hmm. just another uh, thing. So we were pretty excited about it. Um, one question, by the way. Uh, sorry, Tyler, cutting you off here. But uh, I was just thinking about, this. it'd be so cool, like, where, um, like, uh, think about, like, when I'm, because I think you said about this, like you know, you are gonna be uh, in roadmap. You will have like sorting it out by popularity or trends eventually on like you know which projects are popular. And I'm guessing you will probably be doing with the raffle, how many raffle entries at behind the scenes, whether or if you show it or not, show it, different thing. But but it'd be cool. Like somehow, I was thinking about this, like you know, I'm guessing as the as the market in, uh, expands, there'd be so many projects, right? It'd be so cool if there's something to do with signals, like example. Um, Expert, I don't know if, how, how you would, you would do that from like you know if the person's okay, but let's say example like this particular like, specific influencers are on this raffle or like uh, kind of like kind of like um, separating the signal from the noise kind of thing, right? So uh, or like or like who the founder is, like who with uh, who, who, who the discord, like uh, how many people in the discord, like kind of like those kind of metrics right there, which kind of helps with sorting that. It'd be so cool to clean like, see that because when I look at the collection page right now. And I look at like eight different projects and I go, I don't know which one's good and which one's not good because anybody can come and create it. Right. So it could be mm-hmm. anything. But it would be so cool to have those signals of like uh, some form of like validation, I guess, uh, as, as a as a as a as a creator, as a sorry, collector. I would love to see that personally. I don't know if it's a helpful thing or not. but
0: Yeah. You know, I it will be interesting there. The, everyone's been asking, like, when can I get a list of all the projects on Freeman? Um, which incidentally, I feel like there's enough people scraping Twitter to get all the links that there's probably places to get all the, the list of all the projects on Prement out there already. But, um, the, the browsing sort of functionality that I want to do, where you can go in and actually look around and see trending and it's like, that's all actually built. The, the missing piece is the curation side of it. Making sure that a, we're not showing a project that's, uh a scam, B, we're not showing projects that you have no access to, like, why tell you about a project that you need a CryptoPunk if you don't have a crypto punk? Um And like, so I think that curation angle is going to be a big part of it. And it's going to be a learning process, to be totally honest, um, because I think some of what you just talked about is data, right? Oh, I know that so-and-so is on this list. And generally, when so-and-so is on this list, those things sell out or whatever. I don't, I don't know. Um, there's some data that we can use. And then there's some of it is like a subjective, which is like it's a good founder, and that's like that is good. But suddenly, then we become sort of uh, yeah, uh, not gate not gatekeepers, but like well, then we're the ones deciding who the good founders are. Yeah, and like so
1: good, I, it's gonna be meant like more like link. Like in, I meant more like example. Let's say you are following the Twitter, like or Discord, or you're in the Discord. Like Kevin is in the Discord of following, it, right? Or it could also be something along the lines of I don't know, uh, hundred board ape members are are uh, are part of this, right? So it's just like signal. We're like, oh, interesting. Like these communities are part of it. I
0: think that kind of stuff could be really cool is to say like, all right, well, when you look at everyone who's registered for this list, there's, this represents, you know, 6,000 of the 10,000 apes or stuff like that. Like, yeah, I'm excited to like, I feel like it's going to be a fun layer sort of, I wouldn't say V2 because I'm not thinking of like versions, but there's like a bunch of base stuff to put in place. Um, and then I I know the minute, we, the minute we start exposing how much, how many actual projects are in here, everyone's going to be like, great, but now it's too confusing. It's like, everyone's like, I want to see all the projects. And as soon as I show them all the projects, they're going to be like, I want to see less projects. Just tell me which are the good ones. Yep. And then as soon as we, do, we, as soon as we go down to just show them the good ones, they're going to be like, well, the good ones all have lists that I can't, you know, they're too big. I never uh-huh. win the good ones. And it's like, yep. um,
1: it's all, yeah, it's always, it's always so, a problem. Yeah.
0: Circling back to like the very beginning of the conversation around the creator pass or the collector pass, this was a big thing that I needed to like the thing I would try to be the most proactive about as people kind of created their own world of whatever they thought the collector pass would get them. Whenever I saw someone say like, it's going to get us on the best lists, I always try to jump in on Twitter and be like, this is not that that is not a true statement, like do not keep spreading this because that's just there's nothing I can do to get you on any list like it's not because you own the past you're like i'm not going to let the other users of pre register and only let you register like it it was because i and i always keep and i I think i've said this a few times in this conversation like it's up to the creators that's that's it's their list so um everyone thought like this would be like magic beans it'd be like cool it's going to help me get on I'll be able to get a you know. There's a rumor that if you had a bunch of passes, you'd be able to get an, a moonbird. It's like, oh nope, that's not that's not true, right? You know. And so we have to be careful about that. But I think that we can show insights that will be helpful to help let people kind of find their way. Love that, love
2: that. So, what other uh, products have you been working on? I feel like I've been seeing things go in and out of Twitter bios. I know you have like a podcast product now. I th- swore I saw something that was like set up a Twitter sales bot in like five minutes type of thing. So, what else do you have going really on?
0: Yeah. Um, it's funny you say that. I think I actually removed that last night. Um, <laughs> it, it mostly just for confusion standpoint. So there's since, since getting it. So for the past three years, I've had a, a project called PodPage, which is literally just Squarespace for podcasters. Um, it's a nice little product that if you have a podcast, you enter your RSS feed, it builds you a website. It keeps up to date. It pulls in your reviews. Um, you can add guests, you can do guest release forms. Like it's, it's basically like, a Website builder on steroids, specifically for podcasters. Totally useless for anyone who isn't a podcaster. Totally, like app, like kind of in a dumb way. Like should have made it a little more useful for someone who's not a podcaster. But whatever, it's for podcasters. Um, so that that's been out, and that I love that project. I've loved it for years. And so there's you know twenty thousand websites that have launched on that. Um, when I got into web and I built another 11 things, I won't go into them um, <laughs> after leaving Google a few years ago and Podpage was the only one that had any legs, but lots of iteration. And so with web three, I've done the same thing, like let's just build a bunch of stuff. And so, um, started with a newsletter called alpha drop. That was also like a, a web service. So if you, the initial goal was like product hunt for NFT drops. Um, Built the product hunt piece of it first, and then was like having a really hard time with the chicken and the egg problem, and so turned it into a newsletter. Um, and that like was fun to. I was a daily newsletter for like three or four months, and it was really fun. Got me introduced to a lot of people and kind of into the space. Um, used some of that code actually for the first bit of pre mint, and because on the the product hunt or you know on alpha drop you could connect your Twitter account and you could connect your wallet and all that. So I just sort of scooted that over to like a new, to the initial premium. The initial premium took me like a morning to build because <laughs> it was mostly reused code. Um, and then I saw people launching these like, Hey, you know, this token sold. It's like the um, CryptoPunks bot, I think is a great bot. And I was like, Oh, it should be easy to get those launched. And so I built a little platform that did that. Um, never came up with a good name for it. So it's just called Salesbots. Salesbots X, Y, Z. I think um and that's been really good like i don't know a couple hundred bots uh have launched on it 50 50, i don't know how many i i did a token gated subscription for that that was like another experiment with the token gated subscription um that still exists and people use it um and then i built uh if you're a proof member and you've used their owner portal i built the owner portal service for the proof community and so when you buy a token you're pushed into a member area where you log in and you connect your stuff and then you're led into the discord. And so that product, I've rolled that out to some other communities. And I would say it's still in like the super early phase of, is this a good product for a larger set of creators? Um, and so, um, but the, I took those off my Twitter bio mostly because it got confusing. Like preman has gotten to the point where it almost made people nervous to be like, Oh wait, he's not really, he's doing so many things. How preman is like, I always say like Prement's like become at this point is like 75 to 90% of my time. And then Podpage and those other projects are a smaller amount. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, and Prement has gotten big enough where I don't see a lot of appetite. I have a whole list of stuff I wanted to build next, both in the podcasting space and in NFTs. I'm like, nope, that list is going to be pushed off for a while because there's so much to build within Prement. Um, makes sense. So, and, and to go, you know, to get like Prement started out as a list building tiny list building app and it's become this much bigger idea and so a lot of the other ideas that i was thinking about have all found their way in one way or another into premium so um i don't anticipate doing sales bots because but that's a little too far outside the, the realm of Prement, of but it's but there's some other stuff that i've started building that i'll just pull into premium like as an example um on the on that owner portal project it's really easy to go in and say all right like take a snapshot of my users or my owners, like, I mean, it's, it's a delightfully simple product to use. If you have an NFT, you can go and get put your contract in, hit, um, take a snapshot. And it like gives you all these formats to grab the data and send it off to whoever you need to send it off to. So that will be part of Mint soon, because that's just like, a lot of people are like, Oh, I want to build a list. And I want to do a public list, but I also want to give all proof members, put them all on the list I want to make it really easy just to be like, grab them, grab the people, put them on. So. Very cool. Um, what yeah. are
1: some of the projects that, uh, not premium, not proof, but in general, some of the projects that NFT projects that you are very bullish on outside or a holder in?
2: I, whatever you want to call that.
0: Yeah. You know, when it comes to like the collectible side, I don't, yeah, it's all who knows. I love what I love the visual appeal of some of the projects like doodles. I like I don't own one. I keep wanting to buy one. And then the price every time I go, it's like it triggers the price to keep popping up. Um, I covered doodles in alpha drop and I was like, Oh, this really cool thing launched yesterday. And it's there are one eighth each. It's crazy. They're already that expensive. And I wish I would have just, you know, bought one at that point. Um, but like, so there's like visually I love doodles. There's a bunch of artists that I love. I think Matt, uh, Kane's gazers project. I love that project because it's like this just continually delight. I love products that, you know, continually give delight. And I feel like he's the first person on the collectible slash art side that I feel like, um, that NFT that you hold is different every day, and then there's these moments of delight, and then there's surprises and stuff. so so. Um, I love that project, and then, um, but outside of the actual collectibles, like art blocks, I think will continue to be a force to be reckoned with. Yep. Um, and I think that that platform is going to develop to be a lot bigger and more important than it is now. So I'm super bullish on art blocks, not necessarily the individual projects, just them as like a, what they can do for the community. Um, that's kind of a cheating answer. Uh, there's some smaller sort of like alpha ish data driven products that I think are cool, but I haven't really spent enough time on. Um, I was always jealous of NFT scoring. I don't know if you've seen that. No, I think it's NFT They have like, it's kind of like alpha drop. They're like, here's, here's, we're sc- scoring the NFTs. I mean, it's pretty straightforward, um, but they just like take a lot of signals into play that I always wanted to with alpha drop. Like they look at growth and Twitter followers and discord and, mm popularity and all that stuff. So I feel like they've, it's a cool product. Um, We'll see. Um, And then Moby.gg, I think is the web address. They've done like a lot of cool analysis tools. Um, So I, you know, I, as you can tell, I like I'm rooting for the software companies that are playing in the space, Love it. Um, Floor app, I think is a cool uh, iOS based sort of gallery view for your NFTs. I'm interested to see what Coinbase is going to do in the space. I know that's kind of a cheating answer too, but it's still sort of a mystery to a lot of people what they're going to be doing um, and how their marketplace will impact the NFT space. Uh, I can't wait for OpenSea to sort of get out of their, what must be like, feel like an endless amount of tech debt, given that they didn't expect this to happen as much as it has. Um, And like, I think that platform, if they could start moving fast and innovate would be really amazing. I just feel like they're probably stuck in like solving you know problems that they needed to solve a long time ago. So, um, but yeah, for the smaller projects, those are two, I, there's a couple more that I think are um, interesting. I think one thing that's going to screw a bunch of people up is that the trend to move from MetaMask to having like a vault and MetaMask is going to be a, a wider trend. And a lot of these projects and services are like just starting to come online with wallet connections. And now they're going to face the hell of, oh, wait, so you want to connect one wallet, but use a different wallet. It's like, but that's why I think that trend is going to continue. So I think Ledger, it'll be fun to see what Ledger does. Cause I think they're going to be in a really good spot. Yep. And even, the, fe- they are in a good even the feature you got, you built uh, for premium, I think that was really nice. The problem with that kind of a feature though, is like it. So for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, basically it'll enable you to say, I want to join this list to join the list. I need to own a punk. My punk is in this wallet, but I want to add my minting wallet address to the actual list. This has been a huge problem for people because people don't want to mint where, with the wallet that all their, Valuable NFTs are in, but in Premint you have to prove that you own the valuable NFTs, and so um, people have been getting around this just by having Discord roles be the the gate. But whatever. The problem with that feature is suddenly we have basically kind of have to merge these accounts, and then that basically affects every screen on the entire service. Right? When you return back to the Premint page and you've logged in with your Ledger wallet, it, we will at this point, you wouldn't see that you're registered, even though you actually did register, you just registered with the minting wallet. So it's not hard. It just literally is like, it affects the entire site. And so I kind of, why I was saying like, I think by the time everyone gets these wallet integrations done, they're gonna realize they need to go back and redo the whole thing across the board because there's this extra level of complexity to it, so.
1: Makes sense.
0: I just wanna know what are your current thoughts on
1: NFT or, uh ecosystem right now? Where are we? Like, how do you feel about it
0: right now? I had dinner with a friend last night. Uh, my wife and I had someone over and I was explaining to her what an NFT was. Uh, she kind of understood cryptocurrency or the, she knew about it, but like still didn't really understand how it worked. Um, so I still think we are so freaking early. Um, the weird thing though here is I think that mainstream brands are going to be rapidly adopting it. So my wife's younger sister was like she had heard of nfts like way faster probably than she heard of bitcoin years ago but like still didn't really get what they were but understood that they were rare and hard to get right but it just so i think we're about to like i think it's going to get to the mainstream way faster. we're still super early but it's going to get the mainstream way way faster um i think where you'll see the mainstream getting it will be two things like kind of bullshit right? i'm sorry Sorry, McDonald's. I don't know what McDonald's did with NFTs, but I know they did like a McRib NFT, but like it wasn't like a meaningful thing. I think there's going to be a lot of brands that are just like, let's do some NFT thing. That'll be neat. So I think mainstream people will hear about it through that. And then I think mainstream people will hear about it through um, membership, I think stuff like the Collector Pass, not obviously the Collector Pass. But I think you'll see like the example I always give, which is it dates me, is like the first great fan club, like revenue generating fan club for musicians that I can remember was Dave Matthews. They like really nailed the fan club experience and paying for it and getting access to an a online portal and like getting access to tickets and all that. I mean, you could be part of that. That was the first one I remember being like, wow, they're making a ton of money off this fan club. I feel like most creators are gonna move all that shit to NFTs, like all of it very quickly. I mean, not quickly, quickly in the sense of like in the next 10 years, I just don't see like, I, I, if I was Patreon, I would be running to convert every one of these subscriptions into an NFT yep. because I don't think anyone's going to be wanting to like do the Patreon thing anymore. And it's really hard because the Patreon people are like, please give me five bucks a month, right? That's a really good revenue stream for some artists and stuff. But like, and you can't do five bucks a month when the transaction fees are $26. So, um, so I don't know. I just see like, that's that's why I think the membership sort of proof collector path kind of model where you're buying an NFT and it unlocks a lot of stuff is going to, I don't think the mainstream is going to give a shit about board apes, even though like Jimmy Fallon and Paris Hilton talk about it. Like, I still think everyone's going to be like, it's going to be too easy to be like, so you paid you a know, quarter of a million dollars for a picture of an ape. Like, I just don't think regular people are ever going to be won over by the the sort of the fact that it, you can oh it's only one owner and all that crap like i can never explain that to someone where they don't continue to look at me like a crazy person um but the utility side i think will be totally clear like and maybe that for them it'll they don't buy an nft they had to buy use a credit card to buy and you know a membership card that gets them access and it's on Polygon so they could just it was a ten dollar thing and they didn't have to worry about ETH L1 fees, I don't know what, how they're going to do it, but I feel like that's when the mainstream is going to hit an empties. So.
1: I didn't know about the Dave Matthews uh, fan club thing. How did that work? How, what was that like? Do you remember by any chance?
0: Um, well, I don't know where he, how he, which, where he made more money, but when he started his thing, he also like co-founded a, a fulfillment company called Music Today. Okay. And Music Today, I used to be in the music industry. Music Today was like, if you wanted to buy a t-shirt from, from him, you would go. And it was, a, it was like an online store but it was branded to Dave Matthews. And then they started rolling out that functionality to other artists that wanted it. So if you wanted to buy a John Mayer t-shirt, you went and you were on the John Mayer music today, John Mayer.music today.com. And they handle all your fulfillment and everything for you. Um, With that, there was a, like a plug uh, offering. It was called the warehouse, I think. And you basically, I don't know how much it was. I was never, I was never a big, I like Dave Matthews but I was never like one of the big fans of Dave Matthews but you would pay, you know, a couple hundred bucks a year or whatever it was to be a, a fan of a member of the warehouse. I think Fish did this too. And that gave you like when they release tickets, you might get like an hour ahead of time to buy extra, to buy tickets before the general public had to buy. Them. Got it. Or there was a, there was some allotted to you that like you was a raffle or when you got when you bought a t-shirt, maybe it was 10% off or something like that. I mean, not to not to put down like those kind of programs, but like, I don't know if you've ever joined like a movie theater membership thing where you get like one movie, it's like 10 bucks a month. You get one movie ticket, $10 off concessions. It's The same thing, right? You're just trying to get someone to commit to you. I think like all of these, the, especially like creators, like our musicians are all going to be moving that stuff to like
1: NFTs. Makes a lot of sense. You know, and it might
0: be like buy my new album via NFT. And you'll also have like that pass will get you into the VIP section of the show when we come to town or get you like, I just think it's all going to be because um, it's, it's too hard to pass up the royalties for it. It's like, it's like, I mean, the music industry is built off of royalties and built off of everyone putting their hand out for stuff. And like, and if the blockchain sort of makes it really easy to do a lot of things that a very expensive traditional, you know, music industry needs. So and it just, and there's all no, there's no trust. There's no one getting screwed over by like a bad contractor. right? Yep. It's just like, oh yeah. I...
1: We, we were, we were talking about this. And I think one thing we saw, cause Steve Aoki kind of did that similar thing with his thing where he made it where, you know, like if you're holding my, he called a passport. If you're holding that, you get access to my events and early and whatnot. But the only challenge that right now was that uh, because uh, it's only nft people right or like people speculators mostly so like them buying and they don't really want to go to his his you know his event they're not they're not like really his audience and my assumption is that because we're so early that there is no like a very simple ux for actual fan to get in they're not they don't know how to get the whole metamask and set up and all that yeah, stuff right yeah. so it's like there's this crazy uh, like uh, you know it's not it's not like really the it's not like a, it doesn't fit like a glove. Like, I think there's like, this has to be like made better as, as it kind of evolves, but I so agree with you. That would be such a such an interesting thing where an, an artist can connect with their fans and, and offer like, you know, value with, with uh, you know, seamlessly basically.
0: There is a startup that's working on this. That's like, it's like membership in a box where you can just, um, you log on, they do your contract for you. They build you a mint page. They allow people to pay via right. credit card. Um, the paying, you know, as a side thing, paying people via credit card is a, the challenge of that. Is then you kind of if if people are thinking in fiat, you can charge, you can't charge as much. And I think people are rushing NFTs because they see other people making a lot of money yep. on them. But like if you're charging twenty, I don't know what twenty dollars in ETH is, but it's a very small amount of ETH. And so like uh, it's it, well, once you convert to ETH, people are happy to pay point one ETH or point oh five ETH. So it's just a. I think it'll be interesting to see how that bridge is crossed right because it's not like it's i mean maybe dave matthews could say like give me a thousand bucks for my nft but that's dave matthews um the it's the other artists that i don't know you know the smaller artists there it's going to be harder right patreon is a better fit for them so we'll see I, I don't know how it's going to happen i just know that that's the clear direction that's yep. going to go in mm-hmm. and it, it, you know nfts might never be mentioned and um blockchain might never be mentioned and it, it might just be a hey you pay for my membership. It's going to be in perpetuity. And if you ever want to sell my membership, you can go ahead and sell it to someone else. And there's a marketplace for that that we've set up. And people don't really get that it's a blockchain thing. No clue. But it's so much more efficient than the way that we were doing it before.